How's it going? How you been? Let's get started. What's scrap Yo, yo. You are now tuned in yeah. now, Joe the Funk Master. Watch your grill, yoga knocked out cold fast. And talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the man are off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about a devil. It's the weekly scraps. You don't need a map, GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. It ain't shit, it ain't shit. Motherfucker. always love that part what's up guys welcome back to the weekly scraps episode 130 yo we're on a roll right now the ufc bandwagon division is on fire we're going to talk about everything ufc vegas 27 but before that i'm gonna give you guys a quick little recap of my week how things are going how things are progressing what my timetable looks like even though i did this earlier this week once again just want to make sure I keep everybody in the loop. Things are still going great. I still feel fine. Uh, I talked to uh, some of the guys over from the UFC brass and whatnot over this past weekend at the at the fights at the Apex. Giving them some updates, the UFC doctors, all that. Shelby, everybody, Hunter. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. And uh, I told them, it's like, I want to figure out what venues are going to be possible for November. Because as long as it's not New York, because I still can't fight in New York, I made sure I, I was very clear, like, Hopefully that does change, but I don't want to have to deal with the headaches of promotion and all that. And then next thing you know, they shut the door again. So hopefully it's somewhere that I could definitely fight. Um, I haven't fought at the T-Mobile Arena yet. I think that would be pretty dope. Um, wherever though, we can wherever we can get it popping at. And uh, I need to just, like I said, I need to smear some peanut butter all over that canvas and just be done with this guy and shut all the clown emojis up and you guys can just... Just watch my pettiness as I just become the petty king with my Twitter fingers and my Instagram thumb pushing skills and capabilities. So I can't wait. I'm super excited about that. <laughs> but other than that, I got my family here right now. One of my sisters just got in yesterday. I got another one landing tonight, uh, later this night. And um, I have two coming tomorrow. It's her birthday on Tuesday. The ones that are coming tomorrow, one of them. So I want to make sure I show them a good time. Show them what Vegas is like, that we don't have to go crazy and spend a ton of money, but we can have a little bit of fun if we want to, and I think it's going to be great. So just getting the family out here. We haven't done anything like this since we were, like, little kids. I can't remember the last time I traveled with my sisters anywhere outside of, like, a restaurant in New York. Other than that, this is going to be a good time. So um, I just wish my mom could come out here and kind of get to experience that, too. But we're doing a little bit of renovations back in New York in the basement. So once we get that taken care of... um. She'll be able to travel, and then we have a little bit more flexibility for everybody. So I, I want to bring her out here to show her a different lifestyle, pace of life, um, weather, climate, scenery, all that good stuff. And uh, I'm trying to convince her, let me sell the house. I can take that house and get you something so much nicer here, brand new. That house was built in, like, 1936. I can get you something that was built in the 2000s, probably 2021. I think that's a much better house to, to jump into. Less problems, less headache. We don't have to fix anything. We built up a ton of equity in that house already. We're still fixing things up. By the time it's done, it's a house in Roosevelt that's probably going to be worth like 500000 just because of all the quality work that we put in thus far. So, yeah, man, um, I'm just trying to do everything the proper way and make sure I'm letting my money work for me. 
for all the people that says that knows how much I have in my bank account, apparently from a caption from a, one of my favorite artists, J Cole, apparently everyone thinks I'm a millionaire. Um, I'll let you figure that out and keep guessing. And people who want to search that, I guess if you have time on your hands, that's what you do. Figure out how much money fighters and other athletes make. I don't know. I don't, I don't make these things up. You know, this is like right there in front of your face to just laugh at and like, huh, I can't believe you're actually doing that with your time, but uh, more power to you, to each his own. Um, so other than that, I can't wait to uh, have one of my sisters here and another one of my sisters here. It's going to be two of us, three of us. I've been in this house by myself since Rebecca left me. And um, yeah, just been in this big ass house. It's kind of like, hello, is anybody out there, out there, out there, out there? Nope, just me. So uh, doing PT and all that good stuff. And this week I got to set up my um, my pad sessions actually. So now that I think about it, uh, I got to make sure I send Eric a text. So let's get into this big fight weekend. Obviously the main, not, let me turn down the gas. Let me turn down the flames. Big main card or main event slash co-main um, big fights. Pivotal matchups for both divisions, the female strawweight division, and obviously the UFC's men's bantamweight division. Huge pivotal matchup. So let me bring in my guy, Cody Murrow, who's been my longtime producer for about two years now, I think. Yeah, I think two years now. Um, so we're going, we're going strong, man. We took about uh, 45 minutes to figure out this new setup with this Sony ZV-1. But we got there. We're here now. We're here. Hey, well, over the course of the year, Sajra, we got plenty of B-roll for the for the people out there when we hit some <laughs> milestone for the weekly scraps. Because it's a weekly scraps. You know, we don't skip weeks out here. Yeah, yeah. It's just fascinating. Like, I do this every week and I still have trouble trying to figure out I, where does this cord go again? How do I get this to turn on? Why is it not coming up in my MacBook? But it is what it is. We're, we're here. We got it fixed. And uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, obviously, the main event, you guys, this guy from Boston, um, Puerto Rican, but I've heard he actually never been there, but that's a whole nother story. But still reps the flag, whatever, and still reps uh, the U.S., which is what I do as well, uh, first generation. And obviously, Boston native, huge win for you guys, man. Uh, it just goes to show how crazy this division and how deep it really is from, like, the champ, you know, all the way down to even outside of the top 15, you know? So it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see and how, how everything is developing. I mean, taking out a former champion like Cody Garbrandt like that, he got some style points in my book. That's, that's how I felt about that. I don't know how you felt. I thought it was a phenomenal performance, crazy use of the jab. And I, I just thought the speed of Garbrandt was going to be the difference, especially when I was talking with his coach uh, Tyson when Quan uh, decided to go up to uh, get some rest before the next day. Well, absolutely, Aljo. And, you know, when the champ of the hottest division in the UFC hits you up to do a podcast about an event, it doesn't matter if you're from New England or where you're from. You know, I'm rolling with the champ. So that first and foremost is what we got to get out of the way. But Font over Garbrandt, 50-45 on two cards, 48-47 on another. And, Aljo, I just thought the boxing was so crisp for Font, especially after the first round. You know, Cody, calm Cody might be a worse Cody than crazy Cody because calm Cody after round one didn't really seem like he could piece together anything on font. You were obviously there in the crowd. What did you see there as, you know, the champ maybe looking upon future opponents? Yeah, I was standing there. I was with um, Cody Garbrandt's manager, Ali Abdelaziz. Um, he was, he was there with Kelvin Gassel. I was there with my guy, J-Rock. And um, so we're watching the fight. It's just, just a quick Recap, like watching the fights with Ali is great because you end up actually never watching the fight because he just talks to you the entire time. And you know, if someone talks to you, but you can still watch, he's one of those guys who does this. <laughs> hey, uh, who's winning the fight? I'm like, Ali, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been able to watch, brother. I haven't been able to watch. We've been talking. I'm like, 
this is cool catching up, but we're missing the fights. We can talk and still look forward. But he, it's all good. We, we got to catch up a lot. And uh, he was one of the guys who helped me look out for my neck and stuff, trying to put me in contact with guys who do stem cells and things like that. So I very, very appreciate the guy. And he's got the Gracie lineage of being a black belt as well. So we, we have a lot in common. And been in his house for Thanksgiving last year. Cool dude. I'm just breaking his balls. But hilarious. Even when we got to the main card, uh, the main event, and we're watching, he was like, who do you think won this round? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm just trying to see and feel things and, and try to feel like I'm I'm there because I am there. I think it's a much different feel when you're watching a fight live versus watching on TV. You can see real-time speed. You can see the little subtleties. And fought, man, great boxing. I, I, I knew he was going to be tough with the jab. I was like, if he can stay long. And I even did a breakdown the day of the fight. And a lot of people said, like, good breakdown. Other people talking shit, clown emojis. Once again, but whatever. I'm like, I'm trying to give you guys game right now. This is going to be a great fight. Clash of styles, two high-level boxes. Cody, I think he was like 32 or 35 and one as a, as a boxer. I think amateur or pro. I think amateur, though. Um, but either way, it's still impressive, man. I just thought the use of, of Font's jab, cutting off the cage. Every time Cody went and grabbed the cage, trying to do it in a sun cell, fake out. I was like, Font, he caught you once. He caught you twice. He shouldn't fool you again with that. Kick him in his fucking gut or slam something down the middle or fake to get him to throw. And when he misses, you counter again. Because against the cage, I felt that was the only time Cody seemed like he was real threatening to Rob, where he's like, no, no, I'm going to just take a step back and reset, which was respectable. You got to be smart. You got to make split-second decisions. But um, great boxing. I just didn't think – I thought Cody would be able to get, get inside a little bit more. He When he started using that jab, though, he started to land. But it was, like, a little too late. And the calf kicks, he stopped throwing the calf kicks. I felt like that was going to be a big deterrent for uh, Ralph Font for c- coming forward. But he stopped that as well. Uh, and he got tired. He got tired. Well, and I thought something that was interesting is, you know, Cody's always just been one of the fastest fighters in, at 135, right? And yeah. I didn't think his speed was really waning. It was just he wasn't able to connect. And, you know, Rob made the technical adjustments. His team obviously had a great game plan in there as far as the, like, low head movement of Cody and how to really address that and how it was going because he hit him with that head. He took a shin to the head that I was shocked that he did anything to. But I was like, man, down. <laughs> well, but here, here's the thing with those moves that you were just doing, Al Joe. He hasn't been able to do those in the octagon. He's four, He's lost four of his last five since the Dom fight when he was pulling out all those styles. And yeah. it's just kind of been a downhill road for Cody. And I know you were really glowing about how you know Rob Font performed in this fight, but tough road for Cody. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. I, I don't really know where he goes from here. He's training with uh, Frank Yeager. Tra- I, I don't think he trains with Marlon Marais, but they were at a point where it almost felt like Ali as a manager doing the right thing, obviously by his guys, making sure that they didn't have to fight each other unless it was for the title, maybe even a number one contender fight. But um, I don't know if he's just going to say, you know what, let me just try to start over freshly first pages, um, new chapter down at 125. I do think that can happen. They, he had the title shot. He had got caught with, caught up with COVID, kidney infection. And that was one of the things I was wondering. I was like, is it the COVID still lingering in his body? Or is it that we just seen him knock everybody else so quickly that his rise to dominance? And then he gets into this fight with, with a much different version of Dominic Cruz, let's be honest, in 2016, where he had the performance of a lifetime for, for Cody Garbrandt. And then the other thing about that, I'm like, despite the performance of a lifetime, he was sharp and he seemed like he was in great shape. So uh, I have two sides of the coin. Was he always in great shape or was he always tired like that? And we just never got the opportunity to see it because he's never been pushed past those limits to see how his cardio holds up. But I will say in the fifth round, he started, he came out hard, just 
slinging leather. And I was like, oh, okay. He still got some fight. And some of my friends and I, they were texting the group chat. They said it was very dominant. I, I said yes and no, because it's like Cody's still dangerous throughout the entire fight. There was no moment where you're like, ah, he can't do anything right now. When he was exploding, it's like, I got to respect that. Because if you don't, that could be lights out and you could be staring face down, ass up, or you could be looking straight at the canvas with the doctors asking you, are you okay? Are you, are you awake? Are you fine? How are you doing? So, you know, you just, that's the one thing about MMA is it's always a fight until it's over, you know? So he's one of those guys where I'm like, yeah, he had his moments, even though Font was controlling in the fight, it was very uh, skillful, technical on his part. But I just felt with Cody, he always had a chance to be in there and beautiful takedowns. I think Rob shows some good resiliency, nice Kimura. That looked tight. And I was over here saying, Ali, he can step over. And I'm like coaching through the, the, the grappling sequence. I'm like, why doesn't he take his back? Why doesn't he threaten the armbar and then take the back? Get him to stop one thing, then take the back. And then, but this is just me, man. I, I'm just like this. When it comes to grappling, I see one thing, boom, boom, boom. I don't wait. I'm constantly attacking when I'm in those positions. And um, yeah, like I was saying, I, I don't know where Garbrandt goes from here. I, I don't know who you think would be a good matchup. Well, I think it's tough. I think you really have to take a step down in competition if you're only if you're losing fights, and that's yeah. the long and the short of it. Cody's a young guy, as you said, 2016. I mean, five years ago is where we're talking about here. He was. Uh, I mean, you guys are similar ages, are you not? You know, he was champion five years ago. I'm 31. I'm going to be 32 in uh in July. And so he's older or younger than you? He's younger than me. He was a world champion, I think, at like 25, which is nuts. You know. Yeah. Well, and so one one could argue maybe he was rushed there, you know, circumstances, you know, got him to the top. But at, at the time, there was no argument that he was the best 135er at that time, you know, pre yeah. pre neck surgery, Aljo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, this was before Aljo started throwing them hands and started believing in the hands. and Exactly. And a little bit more. But um, that, yeah, that was a different version of Cody Garbrandt. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, you can argue that TJ kind of ruined him and like really since that fight, he just kind of took a downward spiral. And I think he, like I said before, I think he was just so used to putting guys out in that first one, two minutes of the first round that it was just like when that didn't happen, when guys realized they just need to keep his hands up, he's still dangerous. He does really good stuff. And I think the shots you don't see hurt the most. And Rob, for the most part, I, I don't think he was ever like, where you're like, Oh, he's rocked. There was a moment where he got cracked. And then everyone jumped up and he came right back forward. It was like, no, no, I'm good. So just so you know, like you want to get crazy and start trading, I'll put you down. And I think uh, Garbrandt did good, like showing that he can still take a, a shot. Being out for a year, I don't know if he was training in between that sparring per se, but being out for that long, I think it really did a great job helping him like maintain that chin. And I think that beard helped him a little bit too. I was just going to say, I think it was more the beard than anything. I don't know. I was yeah, like, I don't know, man. The the, the the no chin Garbrandt stuff is I think put to rest after all those shots. But I hope so. Interesting that you bring up Dillashaw. Obviously, he's facing off against Sandhagen later this summer. Uh, Font with a really impressive victory. You're going to face off hopefully with Jan in November. Um, you know, so what would you like to see from Font? Do you think that he should go out there and maybe fight the winner of Dillashaw Sandhagen, or where do you think he goes from here? Shit, man. If I'm Rob Font, I mean you be. Corey, Cody Garbrandt, he was number four, even though he knocked out a sunset and they gave him the number four ranking, which I'm like, I don't understand what you guys are basing that off of. He lost to Pedro, got knocked out in the first round by Pedro Munoz. How's he ranked higher than Pedro? And that fight happened like not too long ago. And the grand, when you like measure everything in terms of time, 
the performances is like, what are we talking about here? You're going to not rank another guy as high because it's uh, he's been more active and the other guy hasn't. And I don't know, you know, so some stuff don't make sense, you know, but it's uh, we don't control the MMA panel in terms of the ranking. So for him, I, I don't know who makes a lot of sense, but you're right. I think he has to do a big step down in competition. I think you got Marab fighting possibly Frankie Edgar. You got Jose Aldo fighting Pedro Munoz, which in a fight, I, I, I understand, but it's like Jose just beat Cheeto Vera and they're giving Jose to Pedro. I feel like Pedro beat Rivera. He had a really close fight, split decision loss to Frankie Edgar. I, I feel like Pedro should be fighting somebody else and shouldn't be fighting Jose Aldo. I think Pedro is one of those guys for me. He is one of the top players in that division. I know Cody did his thing, the UFC ranking, and he was talking about his top five in the bandweight division. I was just like, oh, you're just going to disrespect both myself and Peter Young like this? This is just crazy. <laughs> you well, know, I was disappointed myself as a fan not to see the Aldo-Edgar fight happen. Like that, to me, would have checked all the boxes. Aldo-Edgar would have been nuts. And in terms of legends. Um, yeah, put that on a pay-per-view, money. And that's a trilogy. I, I understand we've seen that. Um, even Edgar versus uh, Dominic Cruz. I think that would have been a crazy fight, too. That would have been a yeah. really good fight for the for the uh, division. Keep things moving forward. Legend versus legend. Who who gets to move forward and who takes a big step back? Not a big step back, but who takes a step down like I'm, the, I'm still the guy, you know, out of all of us who've been around around the same era kind of thing, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I have to look at the UFC rankings and, and see – where, where Cody really falls down at. Um, I don't think he's too far behind. Like I said, he still had a, a good performance, but in the grand scheme of things, it just showed like Rob Font is just levels. Of, let me not say levels, but clearly better, more dominant. And that six inch reach advantage, he took full advantage of it. I was like, damn, we're all sitting there like, yo, he's so long. And I appreciate him talking, giving me my props in um, the press conference and what he was saying, like in terms of, I'm a harder puzzle to figure out. And I think his team is very smart. They break down the fights. And when I was talking to his coach, I was like, okay, you guys are doing your homework. And you've seen this time and time again, every time Rob um, steps out there and performs. And um, when I see that, it makes me realize, like, if I do get matched up with him sometime in the future, it's going to be a lot tougher fight than I thought it was going to be from the past, where he was uh, talking shit to me, saying he would like to put me back on a stretcher after I think he beat someone. And I was like, Dude, you beat this guy and you're talking shit like that? That sounds wild crazy, but all, by all means, I would love to freaking take one of your arms home, you know? So, um, yeah, so I, like I said, he's smart. He understands. He's not looking at the last performance and saying that. I think he understands what, what happened in the fight, and maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but at least from what I gather, he understands the difference and the nuances in terms of the skill sets that are going to face him in the opposite side of the octagon, not just like a boxer Pideon doing this and just blocking the whole time and just waiting to explode and counter stay long. And this is what I said to in hindsight. When I look back at the fight, although I felt super nauseous going into that fight and whatever, it, it is what it is. I call the the two pancakes and two eggs gate. That's 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 what it is, because that's literally what I had for breakfast. 10:30 in the morning, and I fought at 8:30 at night, Pacific time, with nothing else in between that time frame. I didn't even fall asleep, didn't nothing, just water. Because I, th I didn't want to overeat. I felt like because of what the UOCPI told me, that was enough. But i that's a dead horse already. Like I said, that was my worst day. And if he couldn't get me out of there on my worst day, I love my chances in the rematch. And uh, I see a guy like Rob being a lot more difficult to face because when he's throwing that jab, he was doing a good job of throwing and measuring. So anytime Cody tried to level change, 
that long broomstick was right in front of his face and not giving him any opportunity to get underneath him too many times. And then when he was shooting, he was getting stuffed. I was like, see, this is a smart, intelligent fighter right here, knows what his skill set is, and uses it to his abilities and gets the job done. Well, and the composure to reset, too, like you said, it, it yeah. would have been easy to get in there and get overzealous against Cody, and he didn't do that. So, honest assessment from the chance there, and yeah, I'm not going to say that, but he's coming for it. Moving along, <laughs> after the honest assessment from the champ, I mean, I think we have another championship contender at 115 pounds after Carlos Barza goes in there and defeats Yan Xiaonan via ground and pound crucifix in round two. Aljo, she went there and made a statement. What did you think about it there sitting live? Uh, that was the best call of Esparza I've ever seen. And let's let's be honest. She's not the most flamboyant striker, not the cleanest striker, the most confident striker, but she's now understanding her game and, and realizing that what she does well is get the takedowns. She can chain wrestle. She can stay on top. She can control you. And when she needs to land ground and pound after getting you a little bit exhausted, because she's a smaller fighter, almost all the time she steps in that octagon. And for her, you see the elevation in her skill set growing and growing and growing each time she steps in there. Watching that fight, Tisha Torres was sitting behind me. We were chatting about the fight, uh, who she liked to fight, what we both thought was going to happen. And she said, Jan comes out super aggressive. I was like, you're right. She kind of does. And she goes, she's going to do one of those things where she like just waits and waits, and then she's going to get the takedown. And she rushes her. I think uh, Carla wins the fight, and she was 100% correct because she does a great job of her reaction takedowns when people are stepping in, trying to land haymakers or trying to overcommit with their jab. She gets underneath them and takes them down. Beautiful chain wrestling because Jan stopped it in the initial beginning, and it's kept going, kept going, ended up on top. It was – and we, we both said it too. We were like, this is what we don't like when sh- sh- fighters in general, not just Carla – but when fighters in general just kind of get on top and they get the side control, half guard, whatever it is, and they just lay on you. It's like, come on, man. Like, do something. Do something. Do something. So <laughs> that's what that was in that first round. But again, second round, crucifix position, did what she had to do and put the stamp on it. And sh- I think she should be next in line for that title shot again. Well, she's 18 and six in her career, five fight win streak. Can you tell me who the last person she lost to back in 2018? Mm, Tatiana Suarez? Yes. Algebraine Sterling, the human encyclopedia. So when it comes to baby. tech. Not just in the mind, but right here too. <laughs> That's a Matt well, Sarah line right there. Hey, you don't get black belts without having a couple of corny dad jokes in your back pocket, right? <laughs> but yeah, I think I agree with your assessment. Carla was really impressive, but at the end of the day, I mean... Rose is an absolute powerhouse. I think it's a tough matchup for anybody, but people were talking about Yan Xiaonan as being an obvious title contender, so I think you have to give it to Esparza. And, you know, now do you do Yan versus Zhang, maybe? Zhang Weili? Yan oh, Xiaonan? The Chinese Eliminator. Oh, that could get spicy. Yeah. <laughs> you do it in Singapore, so, you know, that'd be first uh, international fight or something? I don't know. Spit international down. fight week is October, I think, this year. Really? If I'm not mistaken, it was. It's always in July, but from what I hear from like everyone on the staff, they said it's not going to happen. This July is going to happen. Like, I think I was told September or October. For some reason, I don't know why it's going to be colder. I don't get it, but it, you know, I don't make the rules, and I don't know what the marketing. I don't do that stuff. I just punch people, and I'd like to talk about the fights. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and according to the comment section, act so. And act. I am a very good actor. <laughs> hey, Brian Koppelman from Billions, if you heard that. 
get them in an audition. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I, I think since Carla Esparza and the Jan fight, they were talking about Jean Sonon. I let me not even say her first name. Jan. We're talking about giving her the I just oh that was bad. <laughs> but they were talking about giving her the next shot based on the performance. And um I do think the way Carla won, the way she looked good, is like, how can you not? Like, I know Dana said he doesn't really know who's going to give the shot to, either do the rematch or give it to Exparza. I think you sh- there's never been a champion in history that has won an immediate rematch after losing the belt. I don't know anyone who's ever done that. And I think that was like a fun fact that the UFC's uh, color commentators once said. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. That's actually true. Like, one immediately back. You can say DC um, Stipe, but it wasn't immediate. DC ended up fighting somebody else in between that. It wasn't an immediate run back, you know? So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that. Even Max Holloway, even though a lot of us thought he won the rematch, you know? So uh, I think people trying to say you're ducking the rematch, like people trying to say you're ducking the immediate rematch and people don't lose the immediate rematch. Come on. Yeah. Come on fans. Um, I don't know. I'm like, let's just look at the stats, man. They speak for themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I'm evil. (laughs) The champ is here. Okay. Uh-oh. Moving on through Aljo, I, I think I have a new favorite fighter besides yourself in Jared Vandera versus Tafa. I don't know if you saw any of his interviews, but he was out there. They're like, hey, Jared, what do you, who do you, who do you proven wrong out there when you go out there? What are you proven? He's like, I, if anyone wants me to prove anything, then they can fuck off because I'm proving nothing to anybody. And he went out <laughs> there and they won a fight of the night bonus. Vandera's been a pro since 2015. He's one and one in the UFC, but. Man, that was an entertaining fight, and I can't imagine how loud that was sitting like 20 feet away from it. Tell me about that fight. We were watching, and I'm just like, how are either one of these guys still standing and still swinging at the heavyweight division like this, connecting as much as they were connecting, going to the body, the calf kicks, and then especially the blood from the headbutt? I was like, this is this fight's insane. Like, you don't see a lot of heavyweight fights like this. I'm trying to remember the last time there was like a, a back-and-forth heavyweight matchup that went like that. Who did he lose to in his debut? Because I, I think he won on the show. That's how I yeah, think. Yeah, he won on Contender Series, and then he lost to Sergey Spivak uh, in February. Spivak is a tough dude, man. He, once yeah, he takes down, he's, he's a polar bear. He's, his nickname is Accurate. <laughs> you know, so um, I don't know. Uh, I thought it was a great performance. He looked really good. Uh, is he old? Is he one on the older side, younger side? Uh, I mean, very young for heavyweight, 29. Yeah. You know, most of the heavyweight guys, no offense, guys, but in comparison to the other guys and, and females in the other division, they're like almost fossils in terms of MMA years because they just, I don't know why they're so old when they come in and they just stick around for eternity. <laughs> hey, it's a good living, Aljo. Like, look at your future. I mean, you're set. I'm I'm good. I do not have any desire to get punched in the face by 21-year-olds at age 38, 39, 40. I'm good. I'm going to make my money, submit my name in history, and get the fuck out. I'm okay. You guys can I can eat whatever I want, eat as much as uh, Marojanaya, which is ice cream. I still remember that. And uh, Russian. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think uh, for a guy 29, that's, that is pretty young, and I think he's got some He's got some talent. There were some times where he was getting countered with some of the, the crosses from Tafa. I thought it's because he was throwing the kicks very slow, and then he wasn't pulling it back with, like, the recoil. Like, we always say don't pose where you throw it. Throw it, retract it as fast as you throw it. And sometimes I have a tendency to do that because I, I would spar, and uh, 
I would always pull my kicks because I have very, very good control. And this is not me saying this is Ray telling me this. I obviously know what I can do. And I know I'm not trying to kill or knock out my training partners. So when I throw the kick, I'll pull it. Like I'll whip it fast and I'll pull it at the last second. And then I'll get taken down and just like, okay, so you're just going to take me down when I'm throwing, I'm being nice to you. Okay. And Ray's always like, yeah, you know, you got good control. At least you're being nice to your guys. And then I got to work to get up off my back, especially when I'm going with like my Rob. I'm like, okay, this sucks. I got to work extra hard to get up now because um, I, my kick got caught, you know, with any of the other guys, the same thing, but uh yeah, I don't even know how I got to talking about sparring, but um, oh, his kick, you got to throw, you got to throw it as fast. You got to retract it as fast as you throw. And I think that was the one thing I was saying. I was like, he's throwing the calf kicks pretty well, but every time he was throwing it, he was throwing it kind of slow. And then he would get countered with that left. That's my right with the left. So I think that's one adjustment he can make. But other than that, he's tough as nails, got a big a chin on him. And I love that attitude. I didn't get to hear that interview, but I love that attitude. You don't got to prove nothing to nobody. Like for me, I want to prove people wrong right now, but normally my attitude is, is pretty on par with that. Like I'm fighting for me. I'm not fighting. I am fighting for entertainment and everything, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm theoretically fighting for myself. You know, I'm not really, I, I am, but I'm not at the same time trying to like, I'm, I, I do this for the fans. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like a catch too. We do, we do do this for the fans. But at the same time, we do this for ourselves because it's fun. We want to prove to ourselves that we can compete, that we're tough, we're good enough. Validation that all the training we put in, you know, that we can be the best in the world or something. And that's what it's all about. Like everyone's motivation is going to be different. And I, I, I appreciate that because it's real. You know, sometimes people will get caught up in that. It's like, well, I got to prove to the fans. Like I know in November that there is always going to be a chance I can lose. But I feel very, very confident I'm going to kick this fucking guy's ass. I really do. I swear to God. Like, there's there's not an ounce of, like, uh, what would you even call it? Like, um, being shred of your being. Yeah, but like, I don't, there's not even a little bit of me that's like, yo, I guess concerned. Like, I should be because he's a tough guy. Like, he, he got here, you know, with some serious skills. But in the sense of like, what I faced and saw in there, I truly feel like this guy doesn't have anything for me. And on my best day, that guy's going to be swinging at a lot of air, getting pushed against the cage, getting foot stomped. I'm going to Usman that ass, <laughs> tap dance on those toes, break that little pinky, that little piggy, and send it back to the market. And I'm going to send his little potato head ass home. That's honestly what I really feel like I'm going to do to him. When I feel good, this jab is going to be in his face all night. I don't give a fuck about this little stupid shit. I'm going to be coming around it straight in the middle hesitation steps. He's going to be throwing, not knowing when, when to throw. And every time he gets, uh, I know what to do. It, it's going to be, I really do feel like the fight's going to be tough. It's always preparation, but I do feel like in terms of the stylistic matchup, he doesn't have anything for me. And again, um, I don't even know how I got to myself again. I it love just, it. I just love the tangents. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Nobody's, but, nobody's coming here for the random opinions. They just want the chant. It's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I just love that you, you, he's fighting for himself and not like to say like, I need to show the world. Like you do want to show the world because it does feel good when it's like, hey, how you doing, man? That was a great fight last night or last week. Yo, awesome performance. That, that does feel good. But at the end of the day, for yourself, knowing like, get your hand raised. I did that. I did that. I put the work in myself and my team and I got to reap the rewards. from it. That's that's refreshing to hear. And it's uh, there's no other reward like it. It's like it's cloud nine. It's um. I always tell people, like, if you could do one amateur fight and, like, get through the, go through the whole training camp, 
deal with the stress and adversity, the dieting, and really feel like what it feels like to, to push for something that you work so hard for and give it an honest run. Don't like half-ass it, like really try. It, there's, there's a fulfillment that you get. It's the highest highs and the lowest lows, man. And I, I like I said, just going back to what he said, I love that he said that. I'm always joking to Ray that I'm going to take an amateur fight and I'm just like, I'm like, you're my guy. I'm like, I'm going to come out there and I'm going to get ready for it. He's like, oh, let's do it, Cody. Let's go. I love it. <laughs> So yeah, I, this is about when I get my Ray pre Anakin Florian podcast phone call usually on Sunday night. So, yeah, but I did love his attitude in 29 years old is young for a heavyweight, but doing a little skipping around. I don't know if it's old for a heavyweight. 39 years old. Ben Rothwell was in there. And I know that you had a maybe your new favorite fighter there in, in a Barnett, but that was an entertaining fight as well. Aljo, what did you think? It was great from the walkout. You watch all the highlight clips from that guy, Barnett. Uh, it's, it's fascinating with a guy who I think he's like my height, five seven, fighting at heavyweight, some serious power, doing backflips and cartwheels and all kinds of shit. It's insane to see a guy of his stature that athletic. But it's cool. It's um, it's different. It's fun. It's entertaining, which is what this is what it is. It's the hurt business, but it's also the entertainment business. And I was bobbing, vibing with him when he was walking out, recording. I was like, yeah, this is my new favorite guy. I don't care if he wins or if he loses. He's fighting Ben Rothwell, tough tough guy for your debut but he stepped up he gave him everything that he could on short notice um he'll get another opportunity for sure but ben rothwell man i thought he was done but obviously it's a debut guy but i i it, it goes to show his jujitsu game on point he's one of the best guys out there still and um again it is a debut guy so i don't want to jump the gun but i think he still can compete even though he's pretty old on the the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of um competitive years a lot of anger in there too he's had four fights canceled in 2021 alone so to finally yeah. get in there and get the fight and i mean barnett taking it on short notice i don't think you can really hold it against him so i will be excited to see him when he gets back in there and as are you aljo the other performance tonight aljo could you think you could tell me what it was i know you haven't looked it up um performance of the night yeah um it was a knockout i was gonna say i think it was a knockout um bruno silva i honestly I missed the fight. I think it was in the first round. And, um, you know, it was hilarious because I, I was – one of our guys posted something on social media, and I texted I text him, like, immediately when I saw it. And I was like, this is actually hilarious that this is really what it is. And he goes, UFC is the only sport where the athletes uh, – I don't know if he said the UFC or MMA. Wait. I would just say MMA for, like, you know, I don't want to disparage anybody, even though I know what it is already. Um, the only sport where athletes are, like, begging for bonuses publicly, which is, like, hilarious. I know I'm the like, post you're talking about. Yeah. So in my head, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, yo, that's 100% accurate. Like, you don't see anyone with signs, like, give me a signing bonus for yeah. my performance tonight. I did Steph, Curry does, Steph Curry doesn't hit a three and go. 50K, you know, you don't, yeah, you don't see that. If I make 40 three-pointers tonight or 10 three-pointers, I should say, because 40 would just be insane. But if I make 10, 10 three-pointers tonight, I should get a fifty dollars or $100,000 bonus. That's cool, but you don't see any other sport doing that. You know, you go out there, you get paid what you get paid, well compensated, and you, you go do your thing. That's really it. But, yeah, I didn't see the performance, man, but I saw the highlight. It was a nasty knockout. I feel like he's getting better, though. I think he's getting a lot better. 
Yeah, well, and I was just confused at how many Silvas were on this card, so that's why I didn't think that you'd get it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a good fight. The other guy had a good fight, too. Demir is Magulov. Funny story about him. We were at the PI. He fought um, uh, Rafael Alves, UFC mm-hmm. debut guy. He was out for some time, and uh, he asked me for a ride home because Uber's out here are so bad, and I've never met this guy, ever. Never had, like, one interaction with him, like, ever. <laughs> and... He knocks on the window as I'm about to go to Extreme Couture to go hit pads with Eric. And um, I don't know what he's saying. He's like mouthing something. He's like pointing and he's like. (laughs) I'm like. See, I, I don't know why isn't there a fight pass guy in your passenger seat getting all these interactions all the time. Um, I feel like you. I feel like you live a pretty like MTV show style life out, Joe, out there in Vegas. It's okay, it, but it, it was hilarious. So I go inside. I'm like, "Hey, what's up, brother?" And then he's like, "Um, you going home?" I was like, "No, no, I'm going training." He's like, "Can you take me home?" And I'm like, "I'm looking around. I'm like, is anyone else like seeing what's going on? Am I being punked right now?" <laughs> I know he's like a. His, his country is like the Republican of Russia. So I'm like, is PD Yan hiding it behind the trash? Yeah, right. Can? Like, where's Yana at? Yana's in the corner. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> like, I'm thinking I'm about to get jumped or something. And uh, no, that he just really wanted to ride because he was stuck there for quite some time. I'm like, I get it. But one, I'm not going home. And two, I don't know you. And three, I don't know if I feel comfortable giving you a ride, knowing where you're from, not knowing if he, he has any, like, where is he taking on? you? Where, what address are you? You're gonna... Yeah, like, I don't know if he puts me in a rear naked choke in the backseat. Like, do we go here now? You accept fights with Young. And I'm like, <laughs> these are the thoughts going through my head. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, Russian mafia. It, it, I just wanted to share that story. I thought that was pretty funny. And, um, I felt bad because I know how long he was. I think he was already waiting there for like an hour because Ubers won't come pick you up off the strip unless they're doing a drop off from someone on the strip that lives nearby. It's the most frustrating thing. One time I thought it was going to be like that. So I called while I was driving home and then it said Uber on his way in three minutes. And I was like, Holy, this is insane. So I'm rushing home. I get out the car. I run inside, brush my teeth quick. And then I change my shoes. I'm like, I made it just in time. Like just in time. I was like, this is crazy. I was expecting it to cancel on you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much all the fights, too. We don't have anything this weekend to talk about. So, um, Well, I think you're leaving one guy out, and I think you're kind of a joker for doing so because Jack Hermanson over Edmund Shabazz, ah, and I thought it was ah, a great fight. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> no, that was a great fight. Oh, that was so bad. I'm sorry, Jack. See, 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 weekly scraps listeners. Is this what you're missing every week when I'm not at the helm? You know, like <laughs> leaving out Edmund Shabazian and Jack. I don't have the fight this. card for me. Normally, I have it on my screen, so I never do that. But um, yeah, no, I have. I, I got a lot of information flowing up here. I got to pick my sister up in a bit in an hour. So I'm like, I don't know what that means. Ask Mass Sarah. This is what he does. Yeah, a great performance and another crazy story. Not crazy, but it was like, I felt so uncomfortable, super awkward, because I didn't know, like, what I was supposed to do. You got Jack Hermanson's guy sitting to the left of me, who was sitting on the right of me, moved over to the left. I think when he realized the Armenians came in and were sitting next to him, I think he was probably like, huh, I should probably move on this side, because the fight was coming up in, like, two fights. So he moves over. I think nothing of it. The fight's going on now, and there's, like, two females, 
and like four guys. I don't know how he got that many people in to watch. I could hear, I could hear him on the broadcast. I could hear one chick on the broadcast. Yeah, it, it got pretty uncomfortable. It's and like watching uh, Eddie Eddie Alvarez fight. It was almost Eddie Alvarez esque, <laughs> almost, almost as shrieking almost good yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because i was sitting like i said she was on the right and her crew and their, their crew and it was just this one guy and every time jet um the first round was bad so all you heard was a, a lot of yeah man yeah cheering boom boom clapping whatever a lot of celebrations they're super happy because he beat his ass in that first round i mean he did a good job of covering up so i mean like he didn't get like he got beat up though he did get no, beat he's up. getting pieced up yeah, and I, I want to say it almost looked like the ref was like ready to like step in maybe once or twice. If I remember correctly, I'm not too sure. But then second round comes and then you hit this guy. Come on, Jack. And I go, oh, my God, this is so awkward. I'm in the middle of this right now. And I'm sitting with J-Rock. I'm like, I don't even want to clap because I don't want to make nobody feel bad. So Sabazian picks up where he loves off, then eventually gets taken down, gets out, then gets taken down again. Long story short, he gets pummeled pretty Decently in that second round, Ed, Edmund Shabazian does. And then in the third round, he gets taken down almost at the four-minute mark of the third round. And then from there, once the ground and pound starts, it gets laid on him. And I, was, and I go, I think that's a 10-8 round, man. He took him down. He had control for four minutes. And fight-ending ground and pound where the ref looked like he was jumping in two, three different occasions. And all you hear, and I, this is where I felt bad. My heart felt this because I'm like, it has to be tough to be a significant other. And I don't know if they're like together or not. Maybe it's a sister. I have no idea. But it seemed very passionate and very like, I care about this person in there. And you can hear him cheering, yeah, Jack. Yes, Jack. And then you hear the other side. And she's like, Edmund, protect your face. Protect. And I'm like, I hear the voice and it's screeching. And it. Every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh, my heart. And I'm just like, thank God I don't ever put Rebecca through that, where it's like I'm stuck in a position where I'm just getting elbowed and pounded, where I'm surviving just enough and then getting more punched, man. You just see blood trickling all over my face. Um, so thank God I've never been in any of those type of positions and put her in any of those type of positions. Um, my camera battery is just gone. But um, I felt so bad and super concerned because I was like, I, I can only imagine what that feels like, that type of heartache. And um it was rough, man. It was it was rough to sit there and watch that, and I felt uh, I felt I felt for them, you know, in that moment because it almost I think she started to tear up or maybe started crying from what I could hear, and then they kind of like walked out kind of thing. And uh, yeah, man, that was that story. It was super not. Uh, it was uncomfortable to say the least. Very very uncomfortable. But um, it's well, the fight game, man. Imagine, sometimes imagine if have... we had left that out. Imagine if we had left that out of this podcast. Yeah. I didn't even know if I should even talk about it, but it was just one of those things. I'm not making fun of it by any means, but it's just one of those things. I'm like, thank God I don't put my family through that type of shirt. I mean, the, obviously the Marlon knockout was just boom, done out right on the chin, me diving into it out like a light on, on impact. I didn't wake up or come to until I, I mean, I woke up in the cage, but I didn't come to like my senses until I got to the hospital, which is insane and super scary. But Marlon, like a gentleman, didn't follow up with no hammer fish or anything like that. You see, like, the fights with, like, the Beast and Francis Ngannou after he knocks out Stipe, he cracks him one more time. He knows he's out already. Same thing with and, um, Curtis Blaze. He gets knocked out with that uppercut, and then the Beast follows up. I'm just like, yo, man, this sport is so brutal in the sense of, like, yo, sometimes, like I said, the highest highs, the lowest lows, and uh, I just thank God I haven't been in any of those positions, knock on wood. And uh, I feel for anyone who's ever had to watch Kate's side or even on TV, man, 
But when you're there watching, you see the guy like just holding on and he's getting pummeled. It, it, it's, it's a different type of um, emotion that you feel. Cause I couldn't even enjoy it because I'm like, shit, man, I feel bad. I feel super bad for her over here. And then him, he's like, he wants to, you know, but he was a clapping, but you know, I could tell he wanted to go like a little bit crazier, but I think he felt a little bit concerned for them too. And kind of like showed some respect and some class, you know? So yeah, that's, that's my story time for that. No, that's real, man. I mean, that's the truth because I, I feel the same way a little in a little, like a smaller way, obviously, because I, I'm a lot more close to the sport having gone to UFC 262 like two weeks ago than I was two years ago the last time I was there. Much closer yeah. with you, with Anik, with Bilal, like a lot of fighters that I'm close with. And it's a completely different experience being at an event around like people that are just fans as opposed to people that like understand like the like that 15 minutes is just what the fans want. And it's like before that, after that, they could really care less. And it's the after that that people have to deal with in a loss and like people yeah. forget that. But Edmund's only 23 years old. So, you know, tough loss, but uh, I think he'll bounce back and he'll be a, he'll be a champion someday. He's got plenty of time. But yeah, thanks for sharing the story. Yeah, he needs to put the proper time in in the proper places. Like his striking is phenomenal. Yeah. That's no it's doubt. About it's it. great. Yeah, I think he just needs to, like I tweeted, two, three get-ups and needs to live in those positions for three, four, five, six months. Let his health come back, you know, two punishing fights like that. I think he should just chill very young and he's got time to grow and get better and mature and understand the sport a little bit better in that aspect and um, get back at it. My, my laptop is going to die, though. Um, it, it gave me the low battery warning two minutes ago, so I turned on my, my uh, desktop um brightness on the monitor um so yeah that's uh oh. i just don't want it to take, cut off from us take us on out of here aljo but yeah i just want to say as always guys thank you for tuning in if you like my shit subscribe to my shit let's bring it back this, baby i'll see you guys later gotta go pick my sisters up in a little bit peace oh yeah don't forget i'm the fucking champ if in case you didn't know now you know baby that's the show you ain't gotta go home but you gotta get to stepping and remember, we bring the noise because the people want the funk. Until next time, this is the Weekly Scraps. Bye-bye.